This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Oil prices rose after the European Union agreed to a partial ban on Russian oil. The deal temporarily makes an exception for oil delivered by pipeline, a compromise meant to satisfy Hungary, which had been blocking action that might disrupt its energy supplies. The embargo still covers more than two-thirds of the bloc's oil imports from Russia. The sanctions package includes a commitment to cut Sparebank, Russia's largest bank, from SWIFT, an interbank communication system. The EU also agreed to send 9 billion euros, 9.7 billion US dollars, to Ukraine to help support its economy. President Joe Biden said that America will not supply Ukraine with rocket systems that could reach Russia, as his country prepares to send a new military equipment package. Ukrainian officials are pushing for long-range weapons as Russian forces continue their onslaught of the Donbass region. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said the situation there has become extremely difficult. Eurozone annual inflation rose to an all-time high of 8.1% in May, as the war in Ukraine sent energy and commodity prices surging. France also recorded its largest price jump since the early 1990s of 5.8% this month, which, alongside slowing growth, fanned fears of stagflation. On Monday, Germany and Spain reported sharply rising inflation figures too piling pressure on the European Central Bank to raise record low interest rates for the first time since 2011. China sent 30 warplanes into Taiwan's air defence identification zone, a buffer region where intrusions trigger military alerts. Taiwan is used to sabre-rattling from its covetous neighbour, but this is the largest incursion since January. It comes just over a week after Mr Biden said America would defend Taiwan if China attacked it, breaking with the country's long-held position. Canada's government proposed a new law that would freeze purchases and sales of handguns. The legislation would also limit magazine capacities and ban toys that look like guns. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, said, As we see gun violence continue to rise, It is our duty to keep taking action. Meanwhile, in America, Joe Biden urged for more rational action to prevent mass shootings. Officials in Shanghai began dismantling barriers around housing compounds and public spaces in preparation for the lifting of a two-month lockdown from midnight on Wednesday. Almost all the residents of China's largest city have been shut in their homes for weeks, to satisfy China's zero-Covid policy, resulting in widespread public anger. Australia's new Labour government appears to have secured a majority in Parliament. Anthony Albanese, the party's leader, became Prime Minister when he defeated Scott Morrison, the Conservative incumbent, in an election on May 21st. But counting ballots in tightly contested seats took days, and it is only now that Labour is projected to secure the 76 out of 151 seats needed in the lower house. And fact of the day, 21%, the share of the world's emissions covered by some form of carbon pricing by the end of 2021. 
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. How War Has Smashed Ukraine's Second City Dina Kirsanova, a shopkeeper at a milk kiosk in the north of Kharkiv, saw at least 15 missiles in the sky. Air defenses intercepted most of them, she says, but those that slipped through killed at least nine people. Quote, it's beyond cruel. There are no military positions here, just simple people trying to survive. Ukraine's second city faces renewed attacks as invading Russian forces refocus efforts in the east and north of the country. Just over half of Kharkiv's 1.5 million people have left, says Ola Sinyugobov, the governor. Those who remain are vulnerable to Russian jets, rockets, and artillery. Some who escaped earlier have returned to pick up possessions only to flee again. Mr. Sinyagobov fears that the battle for Kharkiv will drag on. Quote, we understand it isn't a one-month story, and we will need to live within this new reality. India's economy cools down. After a post-COVID resurgence in 2021, the recovery in India is slowing. Data for the three months to March 2022 released on Tuesday are likely to reveal an annual GDP growth rate of 4%. That would be the slowest rate in a year, reflecting Omicron-induced restrictions on activity as well as rising prices. Prospects have not improved since the end of that quarter. Inflation remains high, driven by soaring commodity prices and supply chain squeezes, a consequence of the war in Ukraine. To rein in prices earlier this month, the central bank unexpectedly ramped up rates, a shift from its focus on growth in the previous two years. Further rate hikes are expected, but that will dent consumption, the traditional engine of Indian growth. Agriculture, India's biggest employer, was expected to gain from the war's distribution to global supply, but production has been scorched by heat waves. Yet not all the news is gloomy. The economy could still expand by 8% in the 2021-22 financial year. That would leave India the fastest-growing large economy in the world. The Capital Riot Probe's Ticking Clock For nearly a year, lawmakers in America's Democratic-controlled House of Representatives have been investigating the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021. This month, they took the aggressive step of subpoenaing some of their own. Five Republican congressmen were ordered to testify about their efforts to overturn the election of 2020. None has complied. Kevin McCarthy, the most senior House Republican, is likely to skip his deposition on Tuesday. The House committee has no easy way of enforcing its subpoenas but it has gathered copious material from over 1,000 interviews that its members have conducted, including some with talkative former members of the Trump administration. Now its task is to present a cogent narrative of the events leading up to the riot in public hearings that begin in June. After that come the midterm elections in November, when Democrats may well lose control of the House, and with it, their chance to seek accountability for that fateful day. America's Stocks Bounce Back After seven weeks of losses, American stocks were flirting with bear market territory. But in recent days, they appeared to have turned a corner. Major indexes closed sharply higher on Friday. 
By the closing bell on Tuesday, the S&P 500's losses in May may have been entirely wiped out. What's behind the change in sentiment? For much of the year, rising bond yields were responsible for the tumble in share prices. Investors fretted that higher interest rates would reduce profits, especially those of tech firms with lofty share valuations. Even when yields fell, worries about the war in Ukraine, inflation, and the health of the global economy continued to weigh on the stock market. Perhaps those concerns have been largely baked in, and investors may have been reassured by the fact that over 75% of the 488 S&P 500 companies that have reported first quarter results beat expectations. Wall Street has narrowly avoided a bear market, at least for now. A goldfish is for life, not just for Christmas. After cats and dogs, Britain's favorite pet is the humble goldfish. With minimal upkeep, goldfish can live for years, often much longer than their owners had bargained for. Unfortunately, when they want to get rid of Goldie or Jaws, some aquarists simply release them into the nearest pond. But as demonstrated by new research in Neobiota, a journal, this can wreak havoc in ecosystems. Biologists in Northern Ireland took pet shop goldfish and compared their appetites with two native freshwater species by feeding them all the same bloodworms. The domesticated goldfish were by far the most voracious eaters, so much so that the researchers had to quadruple their worm quota. This locust-like guzzling, combined with a fearless nature, have made goldfish, in Britain and around the world, an invasive species which outcompete native fish. The researchers want to phase them out of the pet trade, or, failing that, to stop owners from relinquishing their charges into the wild. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Which Welsh footballer was transferred to Real Madrid for a world record fee in 2013? Tuesday. Which Florida city was the site of the Winter White House of President Harry Truman? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Svetlana Alexievich, who was born on this day in 1948. The purpose of art is to accumulate the human within the human being. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.